Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, your weekly dose of uh, information and updates around the hotel investment space, looking at the global hotel markets. Um, there's two of us here today on the call. I have Andrew Sankster, the Editorial Director of Hotel Analyst with me, and I am Chris Bound, the Editor at Hotel Analyst. Uh, one of the first topics we're going to talk about this week is uh, what looks like a half-decent return to profits, certainly within the UK hotel sector. Um, despite uh, worries that the the staycation boost of the summer would wane away, uh, there seems to be continuing strong demand for hotels in and around the UK. And even those that are waiting for the return of business customers are starting to see them come back. So analysis by the agents tonight, Frank, uh, suggests that uh, the profit levels are potentially higher than they've uh, they've almost ever been, or at least uh, we can remember for the last couple of years. Um, and uh, I was speaking to uh, Sean Roy at uh, Night Frank, who said, well, he thinks that um, perhaps just as, as uh, we tend to... Uh, overestimate the depth of a, of a drop and underestimate the pace of recovery that's perhaps what we're seeing once again this time around could agree more actually with that that last view although it does take something to overestimate the the, the scale of the drop we've just suffered um mm. it has been truly horrific i mean it is far and away the worst downturn this sector's ever seen um by some margin so um it, there's a variety of ways of of, of slicing things to, to to reach that i mean um, pre previously we've looked at uh, for example hot stats numbers which show that the profitability is five times worse this time around than following say the gfc the global financial crisis or 9-11 um significantly worse um there but uh, uh this week just come out actually are some numbers from uk hospitality and cga um and uh they they show just how badly hit the sector has been in terms of the number of venues licensed venues they track um, which have shut and they're saying 8.6 percent of all venues have closed now for our sector i mean what's noticeable hotels have been on that on that number relative winners but there's still 7.4 percent and this is march 2020 to september 20. 21 this is the latest figures they've got available the number of things the number of places that have shut since really the start of the lockdowns um and and that just shows how horrific it's been uh, hotels relatively have done okay really spectacularly badly hit have been uh, guest houses nearly a quarter of all guest and boarding houses in the uk have shut since march 2020 and um, we've gone down from 2980 to just 2296 23 percent uh, to be precise decline um it, it's huge i mean and it's 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 truly painful now the, you know even the nightclubs now arguably it's hard to think of a of an outlet which is going to be um more badly hit by lockdowns than nightclubs at the end of the day it's uh but even there they've they, we've lost 19.5 percent of um, nightclubs so it truly is it, it is these guest house piece which has gone out the market now 
regular listeners and readers of um, hotel analysts will know we've been talking about the things that whitbread have been saying in terms of the bottom end of the market exiting quite rapidly and really uh, historically we've looked at the growth of the branded budget sector in hotels um, and you think well that could be a case of oversupply but what's been happening is the the unbranded bit of the market has been dropping out as fast as the branded bit has come in we have seen a huge acceleration of this over the last uh, 18 months or so um, to the extent this huge number of exits by that um, undercapitalized small end of the market going out um, we haven't actually during this period seen a, a huge amount of openings so um, net net we ought to be heading for a, a, a bumper period um, because what what we've got we haven't seen the supply come come crashing into the market yet we have seen a whole bunch leave the market so this ought to provide fabulous tailwinds for the better capitalize the bigger companies um, with their brands coming into the market and I expect this is going to be a um, a, a very strong period for those the um, the well-run uh, better capitalized businesses at the, the next two three years um it, it, it's it's set fair for a for a bumper period i think so this is the silver lining on what has been a very very dark cloud for the overall sector um i mean there's some in, interesting and fascinating other things so um in, you know in in the cga uk hospitality figures um talking about um seven hundred thousand jobs um, disappearing from the sector and yet we're in a situation where we've got um, a 200,000 shortfall of, of employees mm. <laughs> it's incredible right so where have they all gone so um, it's uh, it's you know I, I suspect that that will resolve itself um, over the next few months but uh, um, this this where we've seen these businesses exit uh, no that's not in fact the only and the other interesting thing was which might be anticipated was the only winner in terms of um having more outlets now than there were in march 2020 a holiday and caravan parks um everything else um has been been hammered i mean there are some things um the they're a fascinating read these numbers but uh, <laughs> um the, the casual dining and that's a sector in big trouble pre-pandemic there we had this you know over enthusiastic ramp ramp up um, partly private equity backed whole load of cash coming into the market people signing leases really which didn't make any sense um, and we've seen a significant drop there in the casual dining sector again nearly 20 percent impact in terms of number of um, closures there but but that that gain that's covid as an accelerant rather than covid as a change agent and um, that that ongoing theme we 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 prattle about here on this podcast and when the pages of hotel analyst but uh, um, these are hard numbers which show um, just how significant um, what is what has been going on is um, um, I am both appalled at the the numbers um, and the pain but also um, I I think it's going to be a very strong period for institutional money in our sector over the next few years 
Now, as we've had COP26 uh, taking place in Glasgow, and uh, the UK media has been full every day of what Greta, her pals, and uh, all of the governments of the world have to say about uh, what they're going to do to address climate change and carbon reduction. Um, so we've had a quick look at uh, where we're at in the hotel and hospitality sector. Um, it's a, a sort of business that famously um, lots of people have said is too complicated and, and tricky for the hotel industry to tackle in the past but um, it does appear we've got uh, some of the big brands putting their names behind an increasing number of initiatives to set to work on this uh, and some other industry bodies growing up uh, incre increasing in stature and starting to come up with some practical tools that people can actually start to use to work out where they're at and work out how to uh, improve their businesses in terms of sustainability and carbon reduction. Uh, Andrew, do you reckon there's any, any sort of missed clearing here and we might start to see some more concrete actions? Uh, well, I think we are seeing some concrete actions in terms of this bringing together of the industry. Mm. I, I think the the hard thing here is is moving sustainability from being a, a, a sort of an hurrah word, sort of this is good, this is great, we're sustainable. Um, you know, what does actually mean in reality? Give me some numbers, give me something concrete to to pin down what you're, you're talking about. And we do need. Um, um you know proper measurement tools um um to look at this and th this is happening and it's being done and it's good that um our sector is engaging with this um and it's it's engaging with it in a, a slightly confusing and in your report chris mm. you had a couple of things going on here you had the um the, the this the pathway oh, that benchmark yes <laughs> the sustainable hospitality alliance which is a you know which is a very sensible it's it's headed by Wolfgang Neumann um, former CEO of our sector used to run Radisson um, Residor as was um, and it, it, it's a you know a very sensible I initiative here bringing them together but you've you've also at the same time got this uh, um, other sustainable um, 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 sort of network getting together and and unfortunately it does seem to be that we, we don't seem to have the same bodies involved in in both um it's noticeable that uh in in terms of the the basic sustainability framework that seems to be a, a few european companies and the chinese whereas the, the the broader one the pathway to net positive hospitality um doesn't seem to have the chinese engaged with it I, i'm not quite sure i understand why that is mm. um the, the last um, thing we need european last thing we need really is a betamax versus vhs you know uh, our one's quite. our one's better yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um so it, it's slightly confused with that so I hope this this doesn't really end up with a sort of east versus west kind of nonsense coming on. I mean, the Chinese subsidiaries, uh, Deutsche Hospitality um, um, and of, of Wazoo, um, that's involved in the in the Western one, for want of a better terminology. Um, and uh, Xinjiang's um, uh, Radisson is also involved in 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 this um, other one. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure, you know, what's, you know, what lies behind that. I hope there's nothing too, um, um, too ugly in terms of the fallings mm. out or what have you. Um, but uh, more, um, 
I, I think on a wider note than this sort of internal piece for the hotel sector is the challenge we're going to have um particularly with regard to airlift i think um now i think there's a lot that can be done in terms of sustainability in terms of the building piece in terms of engagement with the local community piece in terms of operational um there's a good savills report earlier this year back in april talked about um carbon and property and um looked at uh, operational carbon as well as the the the, the carbon embedded in the construction of the building um, which and um, so I thought I think that's got an interesting approach to looking at looking at it but um, sorry that's a slight aside but but the main part is I think um, you know hoteliers can do a lot in terms of getting their house in order but it's getting guests to their house which is the, mm. the, the challenge um, with airlift and, and and this is just I mean right now um, uh, you know the, the the emissions from aircraft from air travel are four percent now some scientists say actually the impact's more like eight percent plus um because of some of the uh, it, it, because of various factors such as being at higher altitude some of the nature of of the emissions etc so it's already coming in is a significant but probably less than a tenth but one of the, th the side effects of these net zero initiatives as we get so back to that Savills report something like 50 um, or 40 percent of the UK's carbon footprint is attributable to the built environment according to that Savills um, report now net zero ought to get that right the way down to virtually nothing mm. um, the whole point mm. of <laughs> net zero yep. um, and um, so um, what happens then is the share of air travel just leaps you know as we start pulling out these other things and air travel suddenly goes from being a significant and problematic thing to being the most significant and problematic area and that is really going to um, hurt I think the the travel aspect of our of our sector um, and you know how we deal with that is going to be a you know a very major challenge there is no you know technology is not riding to the rescue in the near term here with there you know this talk of um um electric planes but we're a long 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 way off mm -hmm. them um and you know uh, we're going to be burning carbon unfortunately flying aircraft for decades yet um there is stuff we can do i mean uh, you know the retirement of a bunch of aircraft we have seen during the the pandemic has helped um in that the less efficient planes are off um there's a good report from goldman sachs on carbonomics um and they reckon that something like 15 percent um can be saved um in terms of aircraft emissions by switching to these more efficient uh, fleets which is certainly a help but obviously it doesn't eliminate the the challenge um the, the the other problem you know the other thing that can help is that you use uh um biofuels rather than um, um fossil fuels um, and that helps but that's still you've still got the emissions issue underlying that um so i think there's a um that that for me i think if, if i'm looking ahead i think the stuff our sector needs to do itself but particularly for in big hotels in gateway cities and for resort hotels um this airlift issue is going to grow and grow um now i think you know that the only short-term solution i see is um sequestration which is the removal of um carbon 
from the atmosphere and spending on that sort of thing by airlines and uh, recipients of of airlines customers which will be hotels so you know start looking at carbon sinks start looking at things which are going to to take carbon out of the air is one possible way forward i think in addition to to actually getting to net zero um so in a, in a way it's um you know you've got to get to uh, carbon negative actually mm-hmm. if if you're a city center hotel in a gateway um um and you are a resort hotel it, it's it's actually getting investing in some of these you know carbon um negative initiatives i think which are which will be required so there's um this is going to get more and more important and more and more expensive um we've in previous um um pieces we've written in hotel analysts talked about we've done a big piece on the the uh whip red green bond mm-hmm. you did a you know you interviewed whip yeah. red on that and i think that uh, shows just uh you know it's not just about uh the stick it's about carrots as well and access to um cheaper financing and increasingly if you know you don't get this sorted out it's it's going to be stick as well because you're, you're not even going to be able to access cash um you know investment money um so that's going to be a big challenge with with lenders in particular um, ramping up their attitude towards uh, environmental issues. So the, the, this is this is going to grow and grow, and it's it, it's going to be something which uh, um, the sector has to grapple with. Um, and it's good to see the, you know this this um, the the sustainable sustainable hospitality alliance is a very sensible initiative, and I hope it does begin to embrace all of the industry now our third topic this week is to take a quick look at the uh, results from the spanish hotel groups melia and nh uh, they're the last of the, uh, of the of the pack to get their third quarter results out uh, both enjoyed in the end quite a good recovery particularly in their spanish hotels and in italian hotels um, so things coming back um, both are now uh, by some measure back in the black although there's still uh, some way to go and um, although NH has been uh, somewhat helped out financially by its uh, Thai, effectively its Thai parent company Minor International um, the, uh, the there's perhaps some more work to do for Melia who's still sitting there with a large uh, amount of debt on its uh, balance sheet and is looking to do some asset disposals, uh, perhaps some sale and leasebacks over the coming months to help uh, even things out um, but uh, both CEOs confident that things are on an upward trajectory and uh, also feeling that uh, with with business bookings and meetings and events coming back uh, the graphs should be heading in the right direction over the coming months thing that struck me um, about the Melia results is that more than 50% of its sales were domestic. Um, it shows how important having a big domestic market is in an environment like this. Now, I, that will go below 50, uh, but I, I suspect that now they've sort of stimulated that domestic um, demand that could well stay and the other thing that was um, the same time they saw revenues at the more upmarket uh, um, rooms and suites um, that that increased faster um, compared to 2019 which uh, and I think this this might be what we're going to see in the western med in in Iberia um, we're going to see um, a move up market and to have a bit more domestic uh, custom um, I think international company will be more upmarket and that sort of 
cheaper um, volume tourism is going to head out towards um, um, the eastern med and it's interesting if you look and compare um, I looked at some numbers from um, GBR consulting who are, are based in Greece and uh, they were showing how um, Greece has actually um, recovered better than Spain in terms of international arrivals uh, it's still shockingly poor at 61% decrease in Greece um, this is January to August but that compares to the 74% uh, decrease in January to August within Spain um, Turkey is coming back even faster than Greece actually so we're seeing this and I think this Eastern Med piece is going to pick up and you know anecdotally you, you that's supported as well with the news such as uh, jet to um, buying more aircraft increasing flights to the um, I mean that they, they, they've announced potentially 10 billion um, US dollars worth of aircraft 75 new mm. aircraft um, EasyJet 2 increasing its capacity um, um, not still you know they're only at 70% of 2019 levels um, but it is anticipating continued growth throughout 2022 so that airlift is coming back and I suspect more of it's going to be pointing to the eastern med than it is going to be pointing to the to the western well the Iberia piece of well and Italy as well so that western med I think you'd put Italy in um, so that and and you know from Italy heading east is um, beyond Italy east is is the bit that I suspect we'll see more international um, going more of that volume tourism heading so I think there's some interesting uh, changes as we come out of this this period um, again um, this trend was already on the cards and uh, we've run reports about various Spanish um, resort locations pushing more up market trying to shed their Benidorm and uh, etc reputations and and be more attractive to the more upmarket customers so I think this is this has accelerated quite significantly again um, and as we come out of this this is this is what we're going to see and that that volume piece east and that upmarket market piece um in 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 the western mediterranean areas and now to our five star and no star awards this week and our five stars are going to uh sleeping pods the innovative uh way to get a few more guests into your same amount of space uh they're famously very popular in japan uh, but uh, in fact in, in the last year 18 months uh, there have been several entrepreneurs uh, giving them a try in uh, in locations in Spain and the UK and elsewhere and uh, it seems that uh, the consumers might be ready for them now I, I once ah. stayed in a, um, a pod capsule hotel in Tokyo this is when I was um, um, well, I wasn't really a youth, but uh, um, this is um, I went to the Soccer World Cup, um, which was a decade or so ago in in Japan, and I stayed in the uh, in in a in a pod hotel just to see. You know, you'd, you'd, I'd heard all about them. I thought, well, this would be interesting to to find out what it's like. And it was um, an interesting <laughs> um, experience. Um, you know, so I, I was the only Westerner in there, and I. Um, of course doing the japanese bath thing the 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 japanese could say that they're single sex most of these things that there are women only ones as well actually not many but there are a few um but they're single sex places generally um in japan and the japanese men set upon me because they didn't want me jumping in the bath not having 
done the washing beforehand because you're meant to sit on the stall wash yourself off and then then get in the bath so they they and that was slightly disconcerting <laughs> as they didn't speak english and i didn't i have no, virtually no Jap- japanese so um you know being hosed down by a group of men was slightly um, unusual shall we say and when i when i crawled into my um you know one meter by one meter hole and two meters long um crawled into the hole um and you pull down like a blind at the end of it and you have a a mini tv at hip height and i thought oh that's you know interesting so i switched it on and it's all you know japanese stuff mm. so um, i couldn't um there was nothing to keep me entertained there so i switched it off and then i heard the guy above me start shoving money into a slot machine um and i figured out <laughs> what he was doing he was you have to pay for your porn <laughs> 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 So, so this guy above me was uh, yes anyway <laughs> uh, it, yeah yeah it was an interesting and uh, yes i so i lay underneath him wondering exactly what was going on a pod hotel in, in madrid um, or bilbao may not, be slightly not, different listeners are advised well, i hope yeah, so yeah. i hope so <laughs> <laughs> right and uh no stars andrew this week going to Oh, it's. It, I'm afraid it's still more pandemic nonsense, and we are heading. Now, this makes us sound increasingly like we're becoming lockdown skeptics, and I suppose we are really. Um, and but it, it's so depressing to see the Netherlands is um, looking at introducing restrictions. They're talking about a two-week uh, lockdown to stop the surge. Um, Denmark is reintroducing now. Denmark had completely binned all of the restrictions, um, um, but they're talking about reintroducing um, passports, uh, vaccination passports, um, and Germany is is wobbling, and Austria. I mean, it's it's labelled Austria as a high risk country. Um, so we're seeing this across Europe now. In the UK, well, I, um, well, I say in the UK, mm-hmm. it's England really, because I think you've got uh, slightly more restrictions in Wales. Yeah, not there, that they Chris, seem to make any difference to the indeed, stats. Indeed, there are. Yeah. yeah no no well exactly and you know in, and in scotland too that makes no difference and they're talking about having um you're going to have to produce your passport to go to the cinema well, yeah. and and yet what we've seen in the uk uh, in england where we didn't um introduce any further restrictions now every all the scientists said oh we're going to have a terrible time following the july the 19th opening um and indeed it went up a bit but nowhere near the levels they said we were going to see we haven't had that spike in infections which they and we have latterly had a bit of a spike in infections mostly i think um down to children and i would testify to the fact that every other child um in my immediate area seems to have covid um but um so we have had that but we're not seeing the deaths when people are double vaccinated you know some people are getting their third shot i mean i haven't yet been called to my booster but i expect next month i'll get my booster some of my um peers my age group i have had their boosters um so um but we're not seeing the deaths um and we're not seeing any impact from as you say chris you know if we're having these sort of mask mandates or vaccination passports doesn't seem to make any difference on the on on the level of infection rates just forget it just get on with life let's get back to normal and and move on it's just a shame that we seem to have got into this um spiral um 
down um um with with covid at the moment and these restrictions and uh, you know I, I you know i really hope we can keep out of it for for in england i mean certainly our health service is falling uh, falling apart but that's got very little to do with covid and um a lot Think, to things do that with didn't um, get, other things that didn't um, get done you know, over the, the last 18 months yeah 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 exactly um so but uh yeah i mean so this is very much uh no stars for this 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 whole mess we're seeing yet again resurrecting with covid and zero covid doesn't work get over it we've got vaccines they're the way forward we and on that salutary note we'll say goodbye for now